Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 11 of the Popcorn Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Cresta, and this week, me and my co-host of the week will be going through the movie news and then doing a No Time to Die review. So I would like to welcome my guest back. He was actually the most requested co-host to come back for the show. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Very tired, but I'm doing great. Good. Are you enjoying your beer you got? It's unearthed, as the label says, but yeah, it's good. Okay. <laughs> But um, no, we're here to talk about a couple things, and then we're going to get into No Time to Die, which we got to see the other day. So yeah, I think we should get right into the news before we get started. Okay, so the first bit of news we have from this week is that we got our first trailer for Scream 5. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I want to say about it, because I'm not trying to put too much hate on it, because it's just a trailer. But at the same time, it does not look good. No, I'll hate on it right away. It <laughs> looks like someone on YouTube made a trailer, like a fan-made trailer. It does not look like a well-put-together movie. And like you said earlier, before you we went on the podcast, I don't think releasing a trailer this late compared to when the movie comes out is a good sign that it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, like I always go back to the Batman. And I think it's just because we got our first teaser trailer last October. And... The movie isn't coming out till this March, so it builds up hype. There's no hype around Scream 5. Maybe some people that are huge into these movies. I'm personally not one of those people. So maybe it's just that we're not big Scream guys. But Yeah, I'll be honest. I was never a big Scream person. <laughs> I, I watched the, the first one, I think it was. And it didn't really... It wasn't my thing. I mean, it was kind of funny. Yeah, it has like but, scenes. But like, I couldn't get into it. And like this trailer... You said, like, the old cast is back in Yeah, this. a lot of them are back. I feel like it's kind of like trying to compete with the new Michael Myers movie on Halloween. They're yeah. Bringing back, like, they, th- that brought back the old cast, and it's like, oh, we got to take down Scream. And it, it's just like, I feel like it's the same thing as the Halloween movie, just done poorly. Yeah, like, Halloween has a good director at the helm of it. Very good actors and actresses. Not that this doesn't with David Arquette coming back, Courtney Cox, Dylan Minnette, who is... Famously known for doing the straight, not Stranger Things, uh, 13 Reasons Why, Chase. But yes, there's a good cast behind it, but I don't know if I fully trust these two directors to come in who aren't very well known with Matt Open and Tyler Gillett, who both have only done two movies so far, and neither one has been fresh yet on like a tomato meter. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think the actors or the directors, and like, I, I'm not a big actor, like, knowledge but i don't really know much yeah. about them but like none of these people even ring a bell oh yeah like it's not like when you say jamie lee curtis everyone knows from halloween like everyone knows that she's the woman from the first one she's yeah. done freaky friday she's a well-known actress so i think neither one of us are that excited for these movies nowhere near oh. excited my puppy just showed up during the recording that's not a puppy this is a dog now <laughs> but um moving on to part two is that uh will poulter one of my favorite actors, very young and upcoming, has officially been cast as Adam Warlock. And I know you're not a big like you actor and actress guy. He's in like Maze Runner, he's in Midsummer. Uh, uh where the we are the Millers, he's like the one he's like, You guys are getting paid. Oh, that guy. Yeah. I knew <laughs> yeah. that would get your attention. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's playing Adam Warlock, who is a big Marvel character who's actually friends with Thanos. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So people we got a post credit scene with him. In Guardians 1, it was just his chamber, though. And we've been waiting since then. But he is a fictional character. He's in the Marvel Comics. His earliest appearances were in the Fantastic Four and Thor. But people are 
very excited to see him. And I think I don't think if I would have ever thought that Adam Warlock, I would have picked Will Poulter. But I'm, try- I'm going to try and pull up an image for you. Like I'm not familiar with the character that much. Do no, you but think like, he'd do you fit th- him? Surprisingly, now that I'm seeing it, yes. I don't mean just look wise because I'm looking at it. There's a similarity. I mean, like, no, no, like as an actor, actor. I think okay. he can actually pull okay. it off. Not like I don't think it's a miscast so far. It's just kind of like with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I never expected him to be Batman. I was never like that's my choice. But then as soon as he was there, I was like, that's a perfect person for the yeah. movie. But I, no, I still gotta see Guardians of the Galaxy. I've what? seen almost every Marvel movie, but I've never seen Guardians. You know, of there's the two Galaxy. of them, right? I know there's yeah, there's a there's a third one coming out. out. Yeah, yeah. And a Christmas special. I've just, I, I, they were one of my favorite characters too when I was watching the Avengers Endgame and all that. I just never got around to watching it. You've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Never. Are you serious? Yeah. And you're on a movie podcast? I don't know how I was here the first time. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm reconsidering all my decisions with you. But um, I'm excited for Will Poulter. I'm excited to see him in Guardians 3. And he's actually supposed to be on set next week. And this was from a tweet that James Gunn put out. Hi, my. Another one of my dogs showed up. Sorry about that. But uh, next, we're moving on to an actor that I know Matt knows very well. Hugh Jackman just celebrated his 53rd birthday today. Props to him. He looks great, too. Yeah, 53. Oh, yeah. And I I love Hugh Jackman for everything. But, I mean, Logan is just, like, everyone it's loves Logan. It's an amazing movie. And you probably, I don't know if you saw it, but it's a movie called Prisoners. It's actually one of my favorite movies ever. Never heard of it. But he's incredible in that. The dude's a great actor. Yeah, sometimes he does like a real steal, which I didn't like. But in total, I love Hugh Jackman. I love how he is. Him and Ryan Reynolds is like arguments, social media arguments. He wasn't the greatest showman. I know that. There you go. There's a non-Wolverine movie <laughs> yeah, you know there from. there you go. A musical. <laughs> but no, I think just happy birthday, Hugh Jackman. You're one of our f- biggest actors that we know. And yeah. we love everything you've done for Hollywood and superheroes. But moving on to something I am not excited for. I'm kind of excited. Oh, my God. We just got our first look as Timothy Chalamet as a young Willy Wonka in the new upcoming Wonka film, which is set to release on March 17th of 2023. That's... Matt, what are your thoughts? I think it's kind of cool. I mean, at least it's not, like I said, a remake of Willy Wonka for like the third time. At yeah. least it's like a little different. You know, it's a prequel. And after I saw the image, I can kind of see him as a young Willy Wonka. Oh, no, he looks great. Yeah, he looks like it. And, I mean, Timothy Chalamet is a great actor. And uh, do you know? remember Mr. Bean, the spy guy? Oh, my God, I love Yeah, Mr. he's Bean. in it. Oh, I'm watching this movie. And uh, Keegan-Michael Key's in it. Olivia Coleman's in it. These are just other actors. Uh-huh. I just know. And, yeah, I'm actually – Paul King's directing it. Not super well-known for what the movies he's done. But – in total, sounds like a knockoff Stephen King. No, it's not a knockoff Stephen King. <laughs> I never heard of him. He did the Paddington movies. I never seen them. You never saw the Paddington movies? No. I you know Paddington never... Two has like a ninety-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I know. I don't. I don't get that. <laughs> I thought I had a hundred percent. It went down. Uh, Some old dude got mad about the whole Citizen Kane stuff and yeah, went and gave it a bad review. But no, I mean, if you're gonna pick someone to do this movie, I guess the guy who does Paddington. He makes them good. Mm-hmm. He could probably make a young Wonka film. But I just don't – I have a problem with remakes, and I know this is – But it's te- not a remake. I know it's, it's technically not a remake, That's but it's, it's going back to a character we've already seen two other times. But now Which, we see a young version of him. And we saw that in the Giant Debt one. And we're going to see him get Oompa Loompas. He did that in the Giant Debt one. Factory. 
He did this all in the giant debt one. Timothy Chalamet. Okay. <laughs> That's the selling point. Was he going to have his Dune eyes for this one? His bright blue eyes from Dune? Maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, Matt's excited for this, which makes a lot of sense. But me. Oh, dumb movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I don't know. I'm going to go see it. Probably with Matt. But, um. IMAX. This is not a movie I will see in IMAX. <laughs> but, I see uh, Dune in IMAX, though. Yeah, Dune is going to be. That's a good movie when it comes out. I'm hoping. <laughs> comes out two weeks. Yeah. October 22nd. There's our little Dune quote for the week. And uh, now moving on from that, that was the last topic for this week's news portion. And now moving on to the part that I'm excited to talk about, and I know you're excited to talk about, is No Time to Die. And I think before, this is how me and Nikki do a review, I think we should give our score of 100 first and then give like an explanation. Okay. My first question here, though, is... Is it spoilers? Yes. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Yeah, because I, I know a lot of people haven't gotten to see me yet. Are we going to do the first half of spoiler free and then get the spoilers? Well, because I have some pet peeves that involve spoilers. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll like give like a heads up before we okay. get okay. But first, just give like your little to think about it. Like out of 100, what would you give it? Um, Here, you go first. Let me, I got to give it some salt. It's me for, okay. But um, I think I'm going to give it like an 83, 84. I, just my little synopsis for it. James Bond is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica after leaving active service. However, his peace is short-lived, and he's eventually dragged back into the spy life. And I felt like this was Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, which everyone knew going into it. And I really think it was a good send-off. Like, for his last movie, and yes, there's it's not perfect. It's no Skyfall. It's not Casino Royale. But it's definitely better than Quantum of Solace or Spectre. Okay, yeah, I agree I think that's what that. I'm going with. I'm going to give it two different ratings for not, not like thinking of Daniel Craig's last movie or any of that, like no emotional connection or anything. I'd probably say a 78 Okay. with Daniel Craig being his last send off, like you said, and it being like the last James Bond movie for him. I'd probably give it like an 82, 83. So we're right around the same. Yeah. Cause but, I probably would agree with you on if, if it wasn't like, if this was just a Bond film alone. Yeah. If I was just looking at it as a Bond 78, film, I'd probably say 78. Like, there are definitely some C plus misses parts, yeah. but I really like the cast. Of course, Daniel Craig is James Bond, and Rami Malek plays Safin, the villain, the Bond villain. I thought he was kind of cool as the Bond villain. He was a great villain. Yeah, Naomi Harris, Ralph Fiennes, Ana de Armas, who I love, and I've talked about on the podcast before. Matt seemed to really like her in this movie. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. Uh, oh god, I'm gonna say her name wrong. The girl that plays Madeline, Bond's love interest in this movie, Leah Sedokes. I really hope I said that right. But, um, yeah. Oh, Jeffrey Wright's in it. Jeffrey Wright, who's also playing Commissioner Gordon in the upcoming Batman. Very exciting. But he was great. Mm-hmm. He was, acting was, he was not the Felix, problem. Right? Yeah, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the acting wasn't the problem. Oh, no, the acting was the acting spectacular. acting was great. I think it was a little bit of the pacing. It was the pacing and... If it was just a regular movie, it would have been good. But considering it's a Bond movie, I felt like there were parts that weren't of the same attributes of a Bond movie. Yeah. Bond never has a love interest. That's not true. In the first Casino Royale, he does. He, like, loves her, loves her. It's not like Skyfall, he kind of likes the girl. But in, like, Casino Royale, he loves her. Bond's supposed to be, like, that, like, macho guy. Suave. Suave. Like, he's going around. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't care. No, he's, he's just doing his own thing. He he'll do whatever he wants with anyone, and then just move on. He has no emotional connection because he's supposed to be like that, like that 
I'm putting in air quotes like that alpha, like alpha male. Yeah, like he's supposed to be like that whole entire concept of an alpha male, and then like he's just, just like flat out in love in this. <laughs> yeah, like I get where you're coming from, but I think the reason that they this one did so well, like the whole Bond's franchise, his five movies, is because in Casino Royale, you can tell he loves that girl because he tells her he loves her, all this stuff. She dies, and then I think that's where they're kind of like. In the next three after that, they were kind of like, he's not going to settle down. He's too scary. He's too scary. And that's why in this one, this isn't a spoiler. This is kind of in the trailer. He uh, goes to the girl's grave, actually, from Casino Royale to like see the grave. And you can tell that he still loves this girl. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of this whole movie's like love story. And I do the quotations as well. It was kind of like him moving on. But I do agree. Like, Well, I, I know you're talking about like, Casino Royale and like that. I'm talking about Bond as a whole. Oh no! He Back doesn't... in sixties. Oh, never. Seventies. Didn't have love like, interest. Never. Dale Craig was the first one to say, "I, I love you." I'm like, if I'm yeah. wrong, someone comment that I'm wrong. But from what I remember, I've watched most of them. He doesn't say it. And it's it's not even like there's an issue with him, you know, being in love. Like it's, no, it's everyone whatever. does it. But it's like for a Bond movie, it's just it's not like the fitting part of the character, in my opinion. Yeah, as that's never what we've seen in a Bond movie, really. Besides, like you know, I guess you said Casino Royale. Yeah, but. There were parts, especially in the movie, I don't want to get into spoilers, but like it just like it just dragged him like at certain points. In there the was movie. certain scenes where it felt like it dragged on. It dragged on, and you also see it drag him down as a character. Yeah, which I guess is kind of cool in like a character like complex. Like if you're looking at like a character and analyzing characters, but it just didn't fit Bond, and I just it felt like there was conflicts with that. Yeah, know. and it wasn't like dragging him down like how. It wasn't Skyfall where he had like fully lost it. Yeah, he was like an alcoholic, couldn't keep himself together. I love Skyfall. That's the best Bond movie. That's a different day. We, I will at some time rank the Bond films. Not all of them, just Daniel Craig's, because I don't want to waste my time with Pierce Brosnan. But um, I think, I think from here on out, we might actually have to do spoilers because it is really yeah. hard to talk about this yeah, movie. That's what I mean. But um, so if you don't want any spoilers. I'm pretty much going to say the rest of this episode might not be for you. But if you don't mind spoilers or if you have seen the film, which we both highly recommend, if you're a Bond fan, go see this movie. Yes, it's not the best, but it is still a fitting end to his franchise. I mean, honestly, if you're not a Bond fan... You probably, still might like it. It'd probably be a little better if you win it, because then it's just a regular movie yeah. to you. And I'd probably give it a higher score if you were just watching as a regular person. I don't know, because then I wouldn't like the ending. That's true. There's no emotional connection. And there's some parts you don't really get. Like, yeah, like, like Nikki saw it with us. Part and stuff, like. Yeah, like Nikki, thank God, had seen Casino Royale. Yeah. So he understood the cemetery scene, but he had no idea what was going on when they kept referencing Spectre. Yeah, I guess there are some parts where like you kind of have to know the background. I don't really think about that. Yeah, like me and you just have seen them. Yeah, so it wasn't just, a big it was kind of like, you. Just came with it. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you to everyone who is going to end the video here. But... Make sure to tune in the next week's episode. Next week's episode will be about DC fandom. But yeah, we will start the spoiler review now. So, hope you left. Please tell me you left if you don't want to spoil it. But I think we should start off with the elephant in the room. James Bond. <laughs> Dude died. What the hell? Uh, so, I'm going to start first. <laughs> I hate, I just really like, this is one of the things that really bothered me. The way he died. Like, the explosion part, yeah, it's whatever. Like, I guess it's one of the ways he could have died. The effects of it, though, I felt like I was watching a TikTok animation. I don't like how it was boom, boom, like a three-way explosion. And then he just, like, boom. I felt like I was watching, like, one of those TikToks where it's, like, 
watch the lightning hit me and then they explode. Like the effects just, it just wasn't there for no, me. No, the VF. I wish it was like a pan out type of thing. Or... I liked how they, what they cut to the far away shot. Yeah. I liked that, but I didn't like what you're saying from, because the way that they filmed the actual scene, they film it over his shoulder and you yeah. see all the explosions leading up to him, which I didn't like in the moment. I was also crying. <laughs> Let's clarify something. I was crying at this point. But then they do like a cool pan away, like it's far away shot. And now they cut to, and that looked great. Yeah. But I do agree with what you were saying. But it was sad that whole sequence, him talking on the phone, everything. Yeah. But no, like I do like how he ended up killing. I just lost the villain's name in my head. Siphon. Yeah, I can't pronounce Siphon? it. That's why I can't. Saffin. Saffin. I I like I kind of like their conflict they had right there, like especially. I mean, first of all, I don't really know how Bond survived like getting capped like five times by Saffin. Oh yeah, he gets shot three times in like the midsection. Yeah, like I, I don't get that too much, but it's a movie, I guess. But I, I did like the part how like he just capped him in the face like two or three times. Yeah, he like, tells him. You like... can kind of see like the emotion in him when he killed him because like you obviously know he did stuff to his lover and stuff. Yeah, because he figured out that he can never go see his daughter. Yeah, and. uh I think it's just hard. Like, you can truly see that he wants to get out. He doesn't yeah. want this job anymore. He wants to meet, He wants to spend time with this woman that he loves and her his daughter. Mm-hmm. And you can see it take him over in that one scene. Because yeah. Bond never... Like, Bond kills a lot of people. Yeah. But the way he did it in that scene was just different from how you'd normally do it. Like, you, you saw He picks it up and he just, like, he... stands and shoots him three times yeah. in the face. And then just kind of crawled slash walked away as he was in dying mood yeah like i feel like even if the bombs didn't kill him he would have died maya shut up but it just happened i i just don't like how he really died that's kind of the thing that bothered yeah no he gets gets hit with like like i wish it was just the poison yeah and he just and he like he just like kind of like sat there and he's like it's over and then another thing that like kind of irritates me is he like leaves his like girlfriend because he never were married and then he comes back in her life. He's got a child. He's got all this. And he just dies? <laughs> well, that's how it worked. It's James Bond. James Bond wouldn't have a child in the first place. <laughs> hey, we only know that because he keeps cutting women out of his life. We don't know what he pays. He wouldn't have ever seen his child. <laughs> yes. That's more on the point. I, I just kind of irritated me how he just, you know, dipped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he doesn't dip. He thinks that she betrayed him. So he kicks her away. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, he comes back in her life. You know, he's got a child. And he's just like, send the bombs. <laughs> what was he supposed to do? He can't bring the virus. It would kill him. Well, the virus only affects certain people. Yeah, but they said it w- he could never see her again because it would kill the baby. I don't think it would kill the baby because he got the virus. Or he didn't get the virus. He got whatever. Like, she, he couldn't affect her. He couldn't. And the child... Has the same genetics as the mom. No, because remember, he, she gives it to him yeah, on that little I mean. slip from Spectre. Yeah. But then Rami Malek, remember that blood thing he was holding? Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had made a version of the virus with the, the his girlfriend's blood. So when it cut him, it would uh, kill the baby because so that's his daughter. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I still don't like how he died. No, <laughs> I know. But um, going away from the ending of the movie... There's a there's a couple sad scenes throughout this movie. Now that I'm like putting it, Felix like, dying. All, yeah, Felix. Felix, Felix dying, dying was probably the most sad scene in my opinion. because Felix had been through all of these with him. And it's just the way he died. Yeah, and he had to like let him go. And you just like, see him. 
he didn't really die from the gunshot wounds. This guy oh, he drowned. drowned. This, this dude drowned. Drowning's scary. <laughs> I'd rather die from a gun than drown. <laughs> no. Like, and Bond, who's holding him in his hand? He's holding him. He's just, trying to drag him He had him to out. let him go to die and drown. Like, it's like he died and just did. Like, he he just let him drown, which is like, it's kind of, it's kind of traumatic. Oh, no. This dude has a traumatic life. Dan Craig might be better off dead. Yeah. <laughs> the effects of his life might eventually kick in. It's just so sad. And I was like so happy seeing Felix too. I was like, yo, like, let's yeah, get he's it. back. Like, I, who doesn't love seeing him? And then this motherfucker shoots him on a boat. <laughs> yeah. That scene was crazy. <laughs> so, I, if you haven't seen it, there is a scene when his name's Ash. Ash is on the ship. He's brought along by Jeffrey Wright because of the CIA makes him. And then eventually we figure out that uh, Ash is actually a bad guy and he pulls a gun to try and shoot. Bond at first, then Bond stops when he turns and shoots uh, Jeffrey Wright's character, Felix. And it's a really sad scene. Like, just seeing a character that, like, has been in the whole franchise is a friend of Daniel Craig's, James Bond. But, um, no, I really, I think that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Because it was just, like, good movie. It was, it was just good acting, too. Acting, like, it looked cool. It was an intense scene, like, the angles were everywhere. Like, it was just, like, because it, it kind of... The angles snapping back and forth kind of showed the stress and the uh, anxiety of this whole situation. Yeah, because when the boat would move, the camera would move with yeah, it. Yeah, and then the water rising when they were under, under the water under, shots yeah, and all it that. Was, it was just a great, like, whole entire scene. No, I – like, yeah, we gave it low 80s, early 70s, dep- late 70s, early 80s, depending on the way you viewed it. But I still think we both enjoyed the movie. Oh, I still liked it. Yeah, it was a lot better than Venom too. One of my things about the uh, reading, though, I kind of mentioned earlier, is it kind of drags on. It's a very, I think it's one of the longest Bond movies. It is the, the longest, longest Bond movie. Yeah, it, it, it's long. And, and you can tell sometimes. Yeah, and there's some scenes where, like, I, it was when they were in Cuba, kind of just bouncing around, just like in the very beginning of the movie. There were just some parts that it just didn't seem super necessary, or or some of the scenes were just super drawn out. Oh no, I get exactly. Like, like, I think it was Italy, and even like that whole driving scene, like it was a cool scene, like seeing him like. But escaping. it was so much it of it that you were kind of so like, long. I kind of was like waiting for the part of the trailer where he pulls the guns out of the car. Like, yeah, because like, the trailer just, gave away almost that entire scene. Yeah, the trailer gave away that whole scene, and then it just took forever to even get to that scene. Like, yeah, that's like. Just some situations were just drawn out. They could have definitely this movie instead of how long was it actually? I want to. I don't know exactly how long it was. I'm pretty sure it was two forty two or something like that. This movie could have been two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, you could have cut twenty minutes. There was a good amount that could be cut out. But once they got to the final island, like the third act, that was, I loved. That was the, pretty solid. Yeah, I seeing him it. go through the building and fight, like that whole stairway sequence, yeah. that joke. That I should have my watch. Classic James Bond scene where he turns. The oh yeah, they away, so the instead of doing the intro, like everyone knows, when he turns down the walkway and shoots, and the blood drips down, they do it kind of in the trailer, but in the intro to the movie, but not the exact way. So you're like, oh, okay, like we get to see. It. But then he actually uses the move in the movie, and everyone in the movie theater was like, oh, hey, like yeah. that's the thing. That was an awesome scene. No, and then it was like <laughs> a scene that me and you laughed at is so James Bond's daughter is kidnapped by Safin. Rami Malek's character, and when he's trying to take the girl away, he's like, "He's like, fine, you don't want my protection, go." And he just lets the little girl, and she runs away. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just gunfire going off. She just dipped. And one of the things, 
that also kind of bothered me was they found the daughter really fast. I, for like some reason, I thought they were going to find Safin and be like, where the hell is my child? I wanted that. Like I wanted some more like, like they thought they got, because they were mainly searching for the daughter rather than Safin at that point. Because obviously the child's a little more important. Yeah, to them. And then like they, like I was expecting them to not find the child and like that'd be a more, like another stress type of scene. Yeah, but they but got said they like, looked at the room. Hello. Oh, they're chitty. Oh, yeah, the baby's hiding underneath the table yeah. and climbed up mama. And it was like literally the scene right after it. So, like, her, yeah, there's five leaving... minutes. She's gone in the movie time. Like, how long we waited was five minutes. Yeah. But in the actual probably movie, it was probably two minutes. Yeah. Like, it, it just literally felt like her and that whole facility didn't really do much. <laughs> yeah, no, that girl's just insane. Yeah, it's a whole freaking island. Yeah. And this girl how, finds how do they them? just find a little two foot tall child just walking around that easily. But no, I I would have liked that, but the only problem is if he had found Safin first, is the baby gonna die on the island with him? Well, there could have been other ways to figure that out. That would have been a dark end. Like Can you Saf- imagine like, like they find Safin, Safin evades and leaves, but they're all like at the same time, like, where the hell did my kid go? He's not with Safin at this point. And then like Bond tries to go for Safin, she goes after her child, or yeah. whatever, vice versa, something. And then they find. I kind of wish the other Bond girl found her. Yeah, because like, she was doing stuff by herself. No offense, she kind of like she didn't really do much. Of, no, they like important in the movie. She like, was in the scene with Anna de Armas where she was like fighting off everyone, which yeah. was cool. And it felt like progressively she got less and less important. Yeah. And then the final mission, he just dumps her off. He's like, "You stay with this one dude." Yeah, she just stayed in the lab and just stood there with a gun, pointing at the scientist. Then she did do the cool action sequence by herself. She, she yeah, she did have that cool fight scene. But it just felt like her role wasn't important. And she's was the double O seven. Yeah, she's double she's well now she's definitely double O seven because now yeah. it's not it's not an option. It, it just didn't feel like especially if she's supposed to take on the next next bond or whatever. I don't know if she is though. I don't I don't know if she is either, but there's rumors. I, my and, thing, and I I really hope people don't take this the wrong way. I don't think that a female should play James Bond. I'm okay with a female being double O seven. James Bond should stay as a guy and then have a 007 female. Yeah. Like, that's what they did in this movie. Yeah. But don't... People are like, oh, a girl needs to play James Bond. No, give a girl a whole, a whole new character. I, I just don't see there's a reason to change something that's been going on for so long. I feel like, if anything, make something fresh. Like, make something original. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's more of a laziness, like, to, like, make her... To, like, put a female part in there. I feel like if you actually build, a, like, a character that's a woman or like anything like yeah, just like, change up the th- like like don't change the formula make your whole new formula yeah make something new like, make something new and make something awesome like it doesn't matter who plays what it's just like i don't see a reason to change something like even like charlie brown and stuff like when you cha- see like the voice change and like the character it doesn't feel the same because you're used to what's before when you completely change a whole gender and it doesn't even match like what was there before I just don't think there's a whole reason behind yeah, that. Yeah, because James Bond, this is nothing against women. James Bond, James Bond is a guy. Yeah, James Bond has really been around for the, since the 60s. And again, we're not saying that there can't be a female 007. We want a female 007, but James Bond himself should still stay as a male character. Females should get their own character, their own storyline. And yeah, make them like fight with James Bond. Like, yeah, just build a, build a new formula. Why you gotta like reuse the same formula? I see it more lazy than yeah, it is anything. lazy. It's all of, it's a big problem in Hollywood in total. Yeah, like it's just like remaking anything else. 
I just I, I just don't like it. <laughs> well, neither do I. But um, but you, you still want to see Wonka? You just give that whole. Well, it's different. It's no, it's not. It's a prequel. <laughs> but um, no, I think going off. Let's talk about our favorite things about the movie because I feel like we just hate on the movie. I a lot. loved the camera angle when they broke into the. Uh, oh, they break the into MI 6s building. Yeah, to like get the. Uh, starts with an H. What's that? Uh, the virus called? I don't remember. Uh, it's. I think it's our. It was H. COVID. Huh? I said it was COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Like, but when they when they got their hands on like the super virus that was like a bio bio weapon. That whole entire shot, like them going down the building on like the, uh, I was like, not like a SWAT team, but like just dropping in and then blowing the window and then getting in and just like, even like the lighting inside, like the dark lighting. Yeah, the dark lighting with the red lights showing around. Great shot. And like the build up, like calling the scientist as he's there, letting him know like, like they're yeah. coming. Yeah. And then there's a little comedic effect after he's like, "Oh, I love dogs. I love yeah. cats." Like, and then like hanging up. Like, it, that's just a great. I, I, love I actually like that guy, the doctor. Yeah, I wanted to hate him, but there was parts where I was like, <laughs> he's, he's just so cool. dumb. And then he saved Bond. Like, he's like changing DNA, and then Bond's like, "No, oh, I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> <laughs> but um, the cinematography is done by Linus Sangren, and I agree with you. I think the cinematography throughout the entire movie was good. Oh yeah, it, it looked. It was a very pretty movie, and the color grading, like when they're in yeah. Italy. And just like all the shots, like the colors really popped. Like it's just a visually appealing movie. It was really good. Yeah, I I thought it was one of the prettiest movies of the year. Yeah. And then my boy Hans Zimmer coming in with the music, doing the Dark Knight. He's done Inception. He's done a lot of movies. He's done the main Spider-Man. He's movies. an icon. Yeah, he's the best composer. And maybe John Williams, because John Williams done Star Wars in the End, ET, mm. all that. But. Hans Zimmer, the score for this movie was great. The music was great. The sound effects, like, everything worked. Now moving on to what I think was one of the most important parts of the movie was Rami Malek's Safin. And I know a lot of the critics think he kind of did nothing. And to a point, I understand. But I liked him. Like, I thought he was creepy. And, yeah, I think that scene when he's with James Bond and Madeline and he's trying to show James Bond, he's like, if you don't get past your weapons, I'll throw the girl into the air. And he throws a pillow instead. The pillow gets just lit up by yeah, yeah. four guards. And I think, I think he was good. Like I get. See, to me, I I I imagine it's quality over quantity. Yeah. The quality of his scenes versus the quantity of his scenes. And I felt whenever he was there, just like his disposition, his, like how he looked at everyone, his accent, the way he talked, the slow pace. He just gave like a like a menacing vibe. Like he he was a bad man just the way like you saw him. Like and he had like I couldn't tell if it was a stubble. Like he had looked like he had some scars. Oh, his on, face was yeah. Up. He had some scars on his face, and he he like he just looked like he's been through it. Oh, and he was just a bad man. He's been shot. And, Remember, he gets shot in the beginning of the movie. No, yeah, the girl yeah. shoots him. The girl lights him up <laughs> eight times. Yeah. And he somehow survives. Michael Myers out. He here. might have a bulletproof vest on. Yeah, he, that's true. He was pretty. And he had a thick jacket. Yeah. and everything too. And it was it's probably a small rounds too on a pistol. But my two favorite scenes of him was when he was walking around the garden holding uh, the daughter. I forget her name. Madeline. Uh, yeah, Madeline's name. It doesn't matter. Well, well. 
continue. Oh, okay. Well, when he's like walking around the garden with her and just like the whole like even the shot was cool, like the circle type of like movement they were walking in. Well, it was that's it was those stressed sand pits. Yeah. That people have at their desk, but it was just a massive one. Yeah. A sand garden, that's what they're called. And like uh I'm so bad with names in movies. What was his lover's name again? But uh, he that was Madeline Matilda's his daughter. I was gonna say, uh, Madeline did not sound like a daughter. No, Madeline's okay. the girlfriend. And then Madeline, like the shots back bouncing back and forth with her, like watching her daughter with him and saying, like, don't, "Don't touch the plant, don't touch the like." Just like the uneasiness of him holding her child and being such a messed up man. I love that scene. And then my favorite scene is just his reopening scene, but not from the beginning of the movie when he is in the therapy room with her, and they're kind of like talking. There's kind of an uneasy setting in there like she kind of feels weird like you can feel like the weird tension. you can tell there's tension hans Zimmer did a great job giving off the yeah. tension with the music it was very and the lighting low. it was very blue type of lighting yeah it was like dark and it was more I, yeah but i agree totally. yeah and then when like he kind of talks about like a trade like saving like when you save someone's life they become like yours you're in control yeah, they become yours like you own them at that point that's what we say own them. and then when she opens a box it's the mask he wore in like the very early when, she, when he has a child she gets saved by him because she falls to the ice and he rescues her but she had never known what the guy who he yeah. actually was and when she like sees it like the mask like the tension just climaxes like her, she, just, uh, she starts crying yeah you can, like i love that scene like the emotions the tension just everything about that scene was just perfect in my opinion like that was that was my favorite scene which proved that he was a good villain and Ryan Malk, like, I think Ryan Malk's one of the best actors. He, of course, won the Academy Award for playing Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. But he's also in uh, Mr. Robot, which is a great TV show. And I feel like this kind of, like, put him in that sh- blah, blah, put him in the spotlight to be a good villain. Because you've never really seen Ryan Malk as the villain. Mm-hmm. And, like, with that scene, a villain can be, like, oh, that, like, physically, like, killing so many people. But when you have a good psychological villain where they can get into like the head and like even your head, like you see how they work and kind of like how they think. I think that's when you have a great villain. Yeah, because like when you have a psychological like just part. like I know Joker in the Dark Knight kills people. But if you really think he only ends up killing like four people, but he's such a psychological dude. Like if you like you're saying, if you can get that good, like, like if you can understand it, that this dude is just psychotic, crazy, wants chaos. It makes a great villain, and Rami Malek did that. The director made that happen. The scenes that they put him in, Hans Zimmer's score behind him, every bit of it gave off that he was dark, disturbed dude. And and, and even like the last scene when Bond and him end up dying, he could have left that island too, but oh. he wanted to go down with his his chemical weapon. Like he he's reopened it to try to make it still active, to like you know cause mayhem. So he like closed the bunker again and Bond had to go back up. Like he was that messed up of a person where he put his life not even on the line. Like he knew he was gonna die at that point. I think he knew when he went to shoot Bond, I think he knew he wasn't gonna beat Bond. Yeah. But he could slow him down enough and infect him to make sure that he won. Yeah. Like at the same time, like as a villain, he may have died. I still think he kind of won in the end. Because he still infected a ton of people. Killed goddamn James Bond. Yeah. That's like a pretty big deal, like. No one's ever done that. Mm-hmm. And he's screwed up his family. <laughs> yeah, like he can't go, he, he could never be with his daughter or the woman that he loved. Mm-hmm. But I really think Ryan Malik was just, I think he did a really good job. Like uh, He was great. Javier Bardem from Skyfall is still, in my mind, the perfect Bond villain. 
Ryan Malley might be second. He was awesome. And like we had this conversation earlier, kind of debating. I thought he was going to be back in this movie because of the shot of him in the snowsuit. Yeah, I coming. know you did. Well, because he was in the same snowsuit. He was in a snowsuit, but the mask was used in spec. The mask was different. But yeah. The same snowsuit, same snowy setting. I just had some weird thought in my mind yeah, that I know. he was coming back. And let's clarify. We're going, driving to the movie theater. And this dude and my dad are telling me that I'm wrong. <laughs> Javier Bardem is not in this movie. I went, don't expect to see him. But a character that did come back for this movie that I think did a great job for the small bit that he was in, Christopher Walsh, the dude from Spectre. When, mm. when they see him, see him at the hospital in the yeah. prison. Just a creepy scene. Uh, for those who don't know who Christopher Waltz is, he is the bad Nazi from Inglorious Bastards. He is creepy in this movie. And I did not like him in Spectre, but I said this right after the movie. I was like, Christopher Waltz made up for his performance in Spectre in this movie. Because you can see that he's just evil. And he also, like, Madeline, like, breaks down and leaves the room. Yeah. And he didn't even do anything. He was just staring at her going slowly moving up yeah and it was just home. a long build and then bond like grabs him because mm-hmm. he finally gets bond to break yeah and, like, snap and i just feel like any villain that was in this was cool like yeah even that dude with the glass eye he was like even he was cool and he got awesome death yeah. when he used the emp wristwatch oh, and it yeah. blows the dude's eye out and kills him. <laughs> he's like i just showed someone your watch it was mind blowing yeah there, there were some good funny jokes and like randomly sleep yeah, it was in. there was some funny scenes. Then they dropped the f word. They dropped fuck. Oh yeah, who Ralph Fiennes did it? Yeah, yeah. And I was at the uh, yeah, place. and I, I remember I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that caught me off because <laughs> they've never said it in a Bond movie. Before. That really caught me. Off. That's like when Samuel Jackson uses the one f word in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it one sense. shot, don't blow it. <laughs> they ain't blowing in this though. Like, that caught me off. No, back. like I think everyone in the movie theater was kind of like taken back for a second because. When you're going into a Bond movie, you know it's going to be violent. But there's never a lot of cursing. Yeah. Ever. And I think this one probably had the most. They say shit a couple times. Yeah. Bitch. Like, stuff like that. But I, I will say, I did like after Bond die, died, I did like how it wasn't a long, drawn-out ending part after that. I kind of like how they kind of cheersed his glass. And, and then they, they went the back to work. And they moved on. Because, I mean, in, like, the secret agent world. It happens. And all that, like. People die. It's not like an uncommon thing, unfortunately. And just like they showed their condolences, which they didn't even have to do in the first place, especially in that scene. Like you should maybe send it at the casket type of thing, but there's no casket, obviously. Yeah. Blown up. He got blown up. But just like at the empty table, his glass there. They kept the glass on the table for him. They didn't even like really do a toast until like the last part of like a toast to Bond. Yeah. They they kind of just like talked like he was there and then like a cheers type of thing. No, I liked what they did because – once he did die, and my crying started to subside a little bit, I was still a little, 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 little bit of crying. But um, once they stopped that, I was kind of a little nervous that they were gonna do some drawn out scene, like big funeral. Yeah, I was expecting like the queen, like a ton of. Yeah, like, but I was happy crazy. that they it was laid just four of them, five yeah. of them in the one room. It was a small get together because I mean James Bond, he's like he's a secret agent, so technically, England like the people aren't supposed to know him. Yeah. <laughs> So it wouldn't make sense that there was a big funeral or big like gathering for him. Yeah, it so made I sense. like how they acknowledge that you know he's a secret agent. So his funeral, I would, I guess, like I don't know, his remembrance ceremony. Yeah, remembrance, I guess, the better word was very small. It was just the people he knew. And then my crying came back at full, full tears coming down my face when then it went back to Italy, and Madeline was driving Matilda around. It's like, I'm going to tell you a story about a man, James. I was like, damn, bro. 
So we went full circle. Yeah. I was just, I think like it was such a nice way to end it. Mm -hmm. Like, again, it's not Casino Royale. It's not, it's not, of course, it's not Spectre. It's 10 times better. But Skyfall, which were two of the, probably the two best Bond movies ever. But this might not be the best Bond movie, but I think it was a very fitting finish to his franchise. Yeah, I'd say it's fitting. I know you said you liked that scene where they're driving to Italy. Oh, come on. I wasn't a big fan of it, in all honesty. Why? again, it brought up the whole love interest type of thing. But he did love her! I know, but it's just like, it, I didn't like how that ended with the love interest. No, it I ended with it, his daughter. I know, but I wish it ended with just, like, his, I would his do, remembrance. I think a better ending would have just been them cheersing and then saying, back to work, and that, then cuts. That's what I was expecting. And then it cut to, like, a bright, vibrant scene. It looked gorgeous. Going through Italy. And, like, yeah, it's a pretty scene, pretty shot, all that. Come on, tell me it didn't tear at your heart a little bit. I just didn't like how it ended on a bright note after, you know, Daniel Craig just gets blown up. Well, that was the point. Like, it's the next, like, it's about moving on. Yeah, but I like, like, the, the cheers and then, like, no. life moves on type of Yeah, thing. they were just, not, like, cheers back to work. Let's drive in our Maserati, not Maserati, Aston Martin. Yeah, it's Aston Martin. And then, um, let me tell you about James Bond. That's your dad. I'm not even gonna mention that part. It's James Bond. Like they'll get to that eventually. She's a little girl. She's like five. Yeah. I, why is she telling a story about a, a guy that kills people to like? <laughs> I think she's gonna tell the nice part of the story. Like your father killed a lot of people. I, I just wasn't a big fan of that shot. I felt like it was a little unnecessary. Whatever. <laughs> no, that's, that's my cup of joe. <laughs> but um, no, I. I, I like the movie. I really did. And yeah, I'm kind of, I am still a little upset that that's it for Daniel Craig. He was a great he actor. Five movies though. Yeah, he did. And they, they lasted a while. He was a, literally a whole lifetime. Was, yeah. 2005. He, was our, he, was our he got Bond. cast. He was our James Bond. 2021. He ended. That's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Later our whole lives. Almost two decades. That's crazy. Actually, that's not true. Pierce Brosnan had 2002 James Bond. Die another day. That's true. Right. It was also a massive flop and failure. Yeah, no worry. Yeah, we don't think that. about it. <laughs> but no, uh, I think that puts the end to the actual review portion. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Matt, we are moving on to fan questions. Making sure you don't forget. I'm not. I was just finishing this portion. But um, no, I highly recommend it. Please go watch it in the movie theaters. Movies have actually made the most money this month than it has since 2019, actually, this past month. I did not know that. Yeah, which is huge because... People were very scared, especially me, who I love going to movies all the time. That movie theaters were going to die out, but very excited to see that. And I really recommend to go see this on the big screen. Now, moving on to our three fan questions before we get out of here. And the first one comes from Chase. Who is your choice to play the next Bond? You can go first. I don't even know who I think of. Oh. I... Maybe, actually. Uh, his name literally just lost my mind, and one of my friends will get very mad at me. Is it me? No, it'd be Sean. Peaky oh, Blinders. Killian Murphy? Killian Murphy. Really? That's actually not well, a good option. because, A, he's such a good actor. Like, phenomenal. But the way he plays Peaky Blinders, like, he's such a smart man, strategic. Suave. Suave. He's got his suit always on, his tux. Not tux back then, it's like a suit. He's, like I said, very smart brutal he'll kill whoever the fuck he wants to kill yeah like it may not be the exact bond thing i could think of but out of all the actors that i really know of, which aren't that many he would be the best that comes to my mind 
It's not a bad option, though. Yeah. Like, even for some, like, I know you're not a big actor guy, but, like, still think of Killing Murphy's not a bad option. Mine. Oh, continue. I was going to say, I don't, I, if he was, I don't, he never will be, I don't think. But if he was, I don't see his franchise lasting that long. Because he's already as older. Daniel Craig, yeah. But I think it would be cool, I guess, like, to see him. Yeah, no. But, like, I think I'm going to go a little bit younger than you. Uh, Richard Madden, who's actually playing Icarus in the new Eternals movie, and Rob Stark. In oh, okay. People, I like, he's in this show called The Bodyguard, where he's a bodyguard in England. Looks just like James Bond. Very cool. See, I've never seen him outside of Game of Thrones. Yeah, so and he has like really, the suave haircut and everything. I just see him as like, you know. A knight? Uh, yeah, a knight, bearded, like, <laughs> but, but, hairy um, guy. <laughs> no. But um, another option, which I lately thought about this. This was like three years ago that I came up with this. I would have loved Robert Pattinson to play Bond. Really? But let me, because Robert Pattinson, just a great actor, first off. Then he got cast as Batman. So, of course, he can play Bond now. But then he's in Tenant, and he lays just James Bond. And he was great. And I was right. From, I walked out, and I was like, I was right. This dude needs to play James Bond, but he was already Batman. And I don't think he could play Batman and James Bond. Yeah, it's two big roles. Yeah, it's two incredibly massive roles. But, yeah, those are our choices for the next Bond. Thank you, Chase, for submitting your question. Now, what is your most anticipated movie that is not Marvel or DC? Coming up. I, I mean, it comes out in two weeks, but I'd say Dune. Yeah, I, I'm, mine's probably Dune. Last Duel or House of Gucci. Because we saw that. House of Gucci looks, House of really Gucci good looks too. great. And it looks very, I guess, original. I yeah, like I would never have thought about out. a movie about Gucci. Yeah. And it just looked. It's all true I story. I don't even know the history of Gucci. No, dude, do I? But now I, I want to know someone died. <laughs> it got murdered. Yeah. So I find that really interesting. No, I think those are probably my three. And, and I, I do love with the House of Gucci, just like that time period, like the old cars that yeah. you see. Like, and just the clothes. Like, it's a very, like, it's a very cool time Classical. Period. They all have, like, the best suits. They yeah. all look great. Even Jared Leto, who's very chunky in that movie. Yeah. But um, that. Those are probably my biggest movies, and I think Dune is, of course, if you know anything about movies right now, Dune's everyone's biggest movie right now. Yeah, but, I hope uh, it's good. But yeah, I'm. thank you again, Oscar. That was another great... He actually submitted a question like two weeks ago. It was another good one. Not really? So he's been on fire, actually. Now, moving on to our final question of this week's episode. Most underappreciated performance in a movie by from Jordan. Like, most underappreciated actor in a movie. Character. That you like love, but like you don't think people give enough credit towards. Huh. <laughs> I gotta really think about that. Oh, I'll go first then. Uh, sticking with Hugh Jackman, whose birthday was actually today. He was in a Denis Villeneuve movie called Prisoners, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and him, and Paul Dano, Terrence Howard. And I think it's one of my favorite movies. It probably is my favorite movie ever. And the fact that Hugh Jackman doesn't get nominated for an Oscar or anything was really disappointing in my mind. And yeah, I think it's one of the most underappreciated roles ever. And to give Matt an extra second, Robert Pattinson in Lighthouse is one of my most underappreciated roles ever. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'm really going to think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the movies I've seen. <laughs> Did you like William Dafoe in Lighthouse? Yeah. Do you think he was awesome? Yeah. He got no credit for that movie. Oh. Like no cat, no nominations for anything. Lighthouse was a very interesting movie. It is so weird, but I love it. And I, I just don't recommend watching it with your dad. 
<laughs> I didn't make that mistake. That was very awkward. <laughs> but um, so Matt can't really. I guess Jar Jar now. <laughs> okay, that is going to be the end of this episode. Matt, is there anything you would? First off, what's your recommendation for everyone this week? Recommendation, like movie, movie or, or TV? TV. I didn't see it, but I really want to see um, um, New York. Uh, the uh, prequel to Sopranos. Oh, the Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, Many Saints of Newark. I want to see that, so I'm just gonna say, right? I recommend seeing it because I want to see it. You should see it. <laughs> Recommending a movie that has like a 45 audience score. <laughs> it looks good though. Yeah, fans of the Sopranos. I, I love mob. I'm, movies. I'm excited for it. I still have also not get to watch it, which is kind of disappointing. I just love mob movies. So, but yeah, no, that's a, see it. That's a good recommendation, and I think. Oh yeah, you know I'm just gonna stick with it. I recommend Prisoners with Hugh Jackman, which I've talked about three times this episode, and I'm also going to recommend The Lighthouse, but don't watch it with your parents. If the you Lighthouse were... is like lingering in my mind. Yeah, I know. Now, once you say it, you can't get it out of your head. But two very good movies, completely different styles of filmmaking. Robert Eggers with The Lighthouse. It's filmed in black and white, so if that does bother you, you'll have a hard time with this movie. If you have a surround sound or something, Lighthouse is great for that. The movie has a lot of good, like, just already ending. Sound audio, editing and all just, that. Yeah, like, it it brings you into the movie. I I, I, that's a lot of A24 type of movies, though. The, they make bangers. Their visuals, they're, like, oh, it's such, they're such great, like, film. But, yeah, producers. I think, is there anything you want to plug or say hi to anyone while you're on the show? No, I'm just, I'm just here. No, hi to your girlfriend. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay see you tomorrow okay uh matt thank you for being on the show again everyone seems to love you so hopefully we can get you back sometime thanks for having me maybe for dune we can talk about dune dune's gonna be a massive event like i, I think am. i'm gonna try and get everyone on the episode i'm for that. so excited for that movie but um yeah thank you again everyone thank you to my sponsor chucky with the sci-fi channel highly recommend everyone to go check that out official love bracelets if you and your special partner may matt and his girlfriend can get matching uh jewel bracelets which are named after Cities on the Almani coast in Italy. And Anchor, thank you for using for letting me use your services, getting me sponsorships. And lastly, thank you for Cove Company for sending me the free hat that I can't wear because someone threw it somewhere. But thank you again for everyone that's listened to this. Thank you for helping me get to episode 11. Thank you for making this just a joy that I'm having a great time doing. And next week, I will be back with DC Fandom with a new co-host that has not been on the show yet. And yeah. Anything else, Matt? One last thing before we go. I just want to say thank you for having me. You and already... I can't wait to talk about Dune. Yeah, so yeah, go see this movie. And yeah, I guess I'll talk to you guys next week.